We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The score! Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes, Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. I'll continue saying this. I would spend my money on offensive line and I would draft defensive line. That's just my thinking, from my experience, my philosophy. Our teammate Dave Wanstead with some thoughts on how to build the Bears with their $100 million in cap space and them owning the number one pick. It's the Bernstein at Home Show. Big Ant is sitting in for Dan today. So, Big Ant, you know how I do this podcast, House of L? I do. I I love it. I I do, too. And I've kind of gotten back into the interviewing portion of House of L. I had Courtney Cronin on a couple weeks ago. And this week, I've been dying to have a conversation with Olin Krutz about some stuff. So, I, I figured, why not get the authority on offensive line play in Chicago mm-hmm. to explain offensive line play to me? Check out what he had to say about what it takes to, to build a center. It depends on body type and size and who he's playing with and what system he's in, but if you come down to it, is can you see the field almost like a quarterback, right? Can you process information at the pivot position like a quarterback does? And I almost like to call it like living in the matrix. Can you see things before it happens? Which is, which is basically like pregame preparation, right? It's a lot of film study. It's a lot of formation study. It's a lot of like knowing the defensive coordinator. And, for example, what would he call on third and eight in the red zone in the third quarter? Like I'm watching the game and I'm like Spagnuolo's bringing up the blitz. He's bringing it all out. Because I know he's from the Jim Johnson tree from Philadelphia. And I know that's what they do, right? He's coming with, would come in with blitz zero at a certain part of the game. And guess what? Jalen Hurts saw it and got the ball out. So they studied for that. They knew it was coming. But that kind of preparation is what – because as a center, you're like a quarterback of the offensive line. You're trying to make everybody around you better. And that's by putting guys on the right guys and getting the offensive line moving in the right direction and getting the protection scheme all figured out before the ball is even snapped. How would you build a center? Because I look at Jason Kelsey and I'm like, where can I get one of those? You know, and, and it's hard because there are some guys that move from guard to center. And you look at Kelsey and you go, well, he probably would have had a tight end body like his brother if that's the route that he wanted to go. Where are you looking at at tape and finding great centers? And can you can you build one? Or are they, are they born and they're playing all the way up every level to become a great center? Yeah, so that's a great question, right? And you usually take your guy who is in your left tackle but can process information at the pivot and put everybody on the right guys and put him at center. Like I coach with Jason McKee at Carmel Catholic, and I'm always looking for a guy who can make my calls and, and get the offense line moving in the right direction first and foremost. Now, we talk about the NFL. There's probably a lot of guys who can do that. But when you look at Jason Kelsey, and here's the interesting thing about that question. You see who they surrounded him with. 
mammoths. So he can pull wide. I used to think when I pulled, I had the easy block, right? Because I could pull. I could run. I could get out there in space, and I could block guys. The pin block on Hargrave is the hard block. The one-on-one block where you got to pin Hargrave down by yourself and keep him there is actually the hard block. So with the center, like I remember arguing with Jerry Angelo and saying, you you got me, who I love Roberto Garza and Josh Beaton. But I'm the tallest guy walking out of the huddle. This doesn't make sense. You got to, so if you have a pivot like Kelsey, you got to do what Roseman has done and surround him with big guys who can make blocks. Some of my best years, uh, Ruben Brown, right? They put Ruben Brown next to me. Uh, Rex Tucker, Chris Valerio, big, strong offensive guards. And I could use my athleticism to play. Nick Mango is an opposite of Jason Kelsey. Big center, strong center. Um, I think about a big, strong center in the game right now. Ryan Jensen for Tampa Bay. So it's just, you can find good centers. It's just when you get a really good one and put them there, make sure you build around the way he plays the game. And it's almost like a basketball team. I got to have guys who could do different things on my offensive line. So I'm not going to put a small guard next to a small center, next to a small tackle, right? I'm going to build myself an offensive line and then I can pin and pull my center or I can, I can back block him as a big center would do and take a nose guard on one-on-one. So the scheme you're running has a lot to do with it. But the good coaches, what they do is, they say, this guy does this, and he does this really well at Jason Kelsey, so why don't we pull him? They're running the same concept. They're running inside or outside zone. They're just pulling Kelsey when they do it. But remember who has the one-on-one blocks, the left guard and the left tackle, and Kelsey's pulling for the perimeter guy, which he's actually better at. I'm fixated on how the Eagles are built, and I look at them and I go, is that a model that the Bears can use? When you look at the Eagles – do you see anything there that the Bears can duplicate considering they've got all this money in free agency in that number one draft pick? Well, you know me, Lawrence. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say you can build an offensive defensive line. Here's the problem, right? Culture matters. Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson have been there for almost 10 years, 10 years plus. So they built a culture that had been there a long time. So you're saying, okay, I look at Hallis Hall and I say, okay, who are my guys like that? Who are my guys who've been here 10 or 11 years and are Hall of Fame-type players, all-pro-type players. I don't know. The Bears don't really have those guys right now. So as much as they are uh, a team you can copy and build like, uh, that stuff I don't know if the Chicago Bears have yet. I don't know if they have those guys in the building that have developed that culture. A lot of those guys are young, and they're growing up, and they're trying to develop those guys into those type of football players if we're talking about just the offensive line. Now, trading for – a Brown, right, and putting a good wide receiver there. Um, you know, Fletcher Cox, another guy. What year did Fletcher Cox get there? I mean, 2011, 2012? Yeah, it's I don't been know. a long time. So, yeah, so all I'm saying to you, Lawrence, is who do you think every day you walk in the building, who do you think everyone's looking at? Who do you think builds the culture? Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey. How long have they been there? Well, they've been there a long time. Brandon Graham, he's another one. Been there a long time. They have a core of players there who if you would say, fly, Eagles, fly, we do it the Eagles' way, they have a core of players who do it the Eagles' way. How hard is what's being asked of Justin Fields right now? Um, it's hard, but I, but I think it almost looks like he. this is what he wants. It looks like it's not too big for him. It looks like he wants to be a star. I think we all know what he has to improve on. I think Ryan Pose knows what he has to improve on. I think the whole building, I think Justin Fields knows it. I think he accepts it. And, but I think it's hard, but I also think he sees it as a huge opportunity. 
So it's really hard. Uh, that's why no one's really ever done it here in Chicago. Playing quarterback here is hard. Uh, uh, the media is, you know, everyone's following you. Everybody wants you to succeed. Uh, you're going to take a lot of criticism. Uh, everyone's watching you, right? I, I used to always say, man, I, I remember the first time I went to a New Orleans practice, there was like one guy on the fence, you know, one media guy <laughs> who watched practice. And I think they were selling beers uh, all, all across the fence at 8 in the morning. Listen, you come to Chicago, you go to practice, as you know, been there plenty of time. There's Hall of Fame writer, beat writers, right? Dan Pompey, Brad Biggs. I mean, these guys are hub arkish. These guys are national media. So everything you do is talked about. But um, I don't know what you think, man, but he, he made a, a really bad year. I know me and my family turned the TV on. We wanted to see what Justin Fields was going to do. We wanted to watch him. <laughs> he goes 60 yards out of nowhere. You didn't even know what the hell was going on, right? It's just out of a plain zone read, and he was gone. It's so, kind of amazing uh, that Dan and I were talking about it one day, and I, I was saying, you know, here we are. It's week 16. You know, and we're interested in the game mm -hmm, for a team mm -hmm. at that time that it lost eight games in a row. And you're mm -hmm. right. It's because we didn't know what Justin Fields was going to do next, and we wanted mm -hmm. to be there for it. Now, I don't know if that's going to be good enough going forward, mm -hmm. no. but, but for a year where you had a, a massive amount of change, him making Sundays like worth our while was pretty cool. Yeah, I wasn't around for Walter Payton. Right. I wasn't around. I've been through, but I was on this. I was in that building for 13 years, played on a lot of offenses, had a lot of good football players, but somebody that dynamic on the offensive side of the ball in Chicago, in Illinois. I don't know, Lawrence. I, 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 somebody, you know, Devin Hester, when he returned punts, that's it. Soldier Boy used to hit. I mean, that, that was close, right? But, um, this guy was worth watching, uh, every Sunday that, that he stepped on the field. Um, like you're saying, can he stay healthy? Uh, can I? I think a lot of us are cheering for Jalen Hurst because we want to see someone like that win a Super Bowl, right? Like, okay, can he do it? And I, and I tell you the truth, um, I had the Chiefs by a lot. The Chiefs, proved, the Eagles proved me wrong. I thought the Chiefs were going to win the game pretty easily, and Jalen played a football game. I didn't think he was. I mean, I didn't think he was going to play that well. Just looking through their schedule and who they had played, and but the plays he made throughout that game uh, were, were extremely impressive to me. And then the drives where he was just running the ball. And they had, to, they had to respect the quarterback run. It uh, made me think, like, man, maybe this is possible here in Chicago. So the conversation with Olin, I mean, it's a whole episode. House of L is the name of the podcast. It's my pod. Um, it goes on. There's 30 more minutes of us talking about football. <laughs> uh, and, we and also talk for three hours. Yeah, because I wasn't going to waste that opportunity. There's also right. us talking about his podcast and all sorts of other stuff. Wherever you get your podcast, whether you're, you're an Apple person or Spotify, just search House of L, and you'll be able to listen to the whole thing. What do you hear uh, out of that chunk from Olin? I, I love the description of, of how intricate the best offensive lines are in their, in their development and the, the diversity of their personnel. Because it's one thing to say, all right, we, we run a zone scheme, so let's have a mobile group. But that, that does oversimplify the way you match up the, the personnel up front. And, you know, a couple of things. One, do you recognize that as an evaluator of the talent, as the person who's actually running all the personnel decisions for your team? And if you do understand that, can you acquire the talent that fits together really well in that regard and then there's you know multiple levels to how you actually pull that off 
to design what what is now, you know, Philadelphia's Eagles maybe have the best offensive line in football, but it doesn't happen by accident. It's not just about, right, let's draft a, a, a high-level guy at this position and plug him in here, and it all works really well. You know, the best in the business, you do have that, that pairing of body types, that pairing of personalities, and uh, Olin gives, you know, no surprise, just a, such a, a detailed description and an accurate description of how the best groups in the business and just the the way that they get to work together, where you have those, those linchpins to a group that get to be there for a long time, how that stands out. And then as you have that, you want other positions within the offensive system. Justin Fields was talking about it during the Super Bowl week of the opportunity for him to have a second consecutive season in Luke Getze's offense, the opportunity for other players on the Bears' offense to grow together in Luke Getze's system. That can't be discounted what that can mean from last season moving forward towards this year. And I think for Ryan Poles this offseason is – it's going to be huge just in getting a look at as free agency, you know, combine coming up and then free agency will be upon us and then leading towards the draft to really see what elements is he prioritizing most in, in trying to trying to revamp, trying to bolster this Bears roster. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed like because I, I told Olin, like I said, you can be as serious as you want, like on this, you can go as deep into the description of this as you want, because I did want to get an idea about it. And I had never thought about the construction of the offensive line Mm -hmm. needing to make sense from a body type standpoint, where I'm just thinking you got a collection of five really talented guys, put them together. And he's like, no, like you do need, if you're going to be dealing with like these ass kicking three techniques, you do need a, a guard that's going to be able to handle that or, or some of these zeros that like a Haloti Nada, for example, right. like you do need someone that's going to, 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 to be able to hold their own in those spaces. So I mean, it, it it just is a reminder though of how much work they have to do, and and you can make it all work, but then like everything needs to be in unison. Where you know you go from Ryan Poles and evaluating the personnel he wants to bring in. And then in theory, if he gets the personnel he wants, then your head coach has to be on top of how you implement things on a daily basis that suit the personnel up front. And then, of course, your play caller needs to call the game in a way that doesn't doesn't necessarily put that personnel at a mismatch, at a disadvantage too frequently. And all those things working in unison, as you know, has been it was a big complaint of the previous regime here where they, they were calling the game in a way that, that didn't suit the personnel there, that wasn't allowing the personnel there to be at an advantage when they would break the huddle. And all those things need to be in concert. As Ryan Poles is communicating with the coaches, with the rest of his personnel department, here's the type of guys we want to acquire for these positions. And then from there to the coaches about, we've acquired these guys for this reason, to suit this version of football that we believe you're planning to implement here. And the coaches need to have a plan for how they actually implement that. And Matt Eberflus does seem like a really detailed guy, so I would imagine the communication from Poles to Eberflus suits that. Then you get about the day-in, day-out task of actually executing it. But it is a great description for Ola, just the detail of even just specifically the offensive line position, how that can work at its best in concert, but obviously there, there is multiple versions of how you can even shape the personnel up front to have it be suitable, but everybody needs to understand why personnel is here, where do we maybe have a hole that needs to be covered up for as we try to implement game plans. 
we were talking about the the Patrick Beverly thing is is him being someone who's going to create a different type of culture or whatever. Mm-hmm. How hard is it when you're talking because you're not doing that necessarily with the draft right away? Mm-hmm. How hard is that to do? Is to bring in guys as free agents and probably big money free agents that are going to be the type of players that help establish your culture. The interesting thing is I, I the benefit to the approach that the Bears took last year with polls and even, you know, the mainly credit polls for it with a lot of the veteran talent that they moved on from. Then you get to the point where the Bears, because of the youth of their roster, they were in a position last year where you had a lot of young guys setting your culture, like setting the, just the temperature in the meeting room, the temperature on the practice field on a daily basis, and the veterans that they had, aside from our in the season, you acquire Chase Claypool, how well do you really know him? But the veterans they signed in the offseason were guys who fit a certain personality type that they were looking for. And there's a reason that, you know, even though Equinemius St. Brown certainly wasn't a, a top-flight receiver, a top-flight catcher of the football and runner of routes, but he's certainly got the DNA they're looking for in a guy who's going to be that domineering blocker, essentially a, a secondary tight end for you at receiver, and there's a reason that he gets a new deal here. So you do have the Bears in a position last year where because of all the, the older guys, the veterans they excised, they were in a position where they could say, all right, young guys, here's exactly what Matt, Eber, what Matt Eberflus expects from you day in and day out, and you can be the ones who sort of set that template. And then as we add other veterans, then now the veterans can kind of be feeding off of you and, and knowing how we operate. Now you, you still need more playmakers, so that, that's only going to take you so far. Once you set that culture, guys got to start making plays. But I think just sheerly from a culture, from an attention to detail perspective, the amount of youth, that the Bears had and the amount of youth that was on the field that was playing major reps for them does allow them to sort of set that baseline of culture with young guys in a way that a lot of rosters can't do when you have guys who've you know, got bigger resumes and have been in the league for longer. Olin, have much more to say. It's my pod, the House of L podcast. Go check it out. You download the episode. Give it five stars and, and write a review if you are capable. We I'm need to take a timeout. Yeah, man, give it six stars. I mean, they only allow you five, but you can write in your review and say, if I could give this podcast six go. stars, I would. That's whatever it takes. That's what we need. When we come back, we'll check in on the Cubs. We will go down to, to Arizona and talk with our buddy Sahadev Sharma about the Cubs. And there's a little bit of news when it comes to the payroll of the Cubs. We'll talk to him about that next here on The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Got him! What a pitch by Michael Fulmer. It's, it's awesome. But no, it's uh, it feels good. I'm excited to be part of this group. I love what the, uh, the organization's done this offseason. And they were uh, they stayed in touch pretty much all offseason. I know we kind of signed a little late, but uh, that doesn't stop the excitement that me and my, my family have to, to be here and uh, ultimately up in, in Chicago. 
it's official. Michael Fulmer has been added to the bullpen of your Chicago Cubs. Why don't we head down to Arizona and talk with our friend. It's been a minute since I've had the chance to talk with Sahadev Sharma. When we talk Cubs spring training on the score is sponsored by Sloan, official water efficiency partner of your Chicago Cubs. And all guests on the score, including Sahadev, are brought to you on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, some of the world's largest sports book. Go get yourself a subscription to The Athletic if you don't already have one. But if you do, then you know that Sahadev is the man. He joins us now on the score. What's up, Sahadev? How are you? I'm doing well. Wish it was uh, sunny again here, but I, I, I can't complain. Can I? You guys are out in Chicago, and I think it's freezing. So I'll, I'll keep the weather talk to a minimum. Yeah, I, I snuck down there for a couple of days this weekend and found like the perfect two days uh, to be in Arizona. It's been a weird kind of winter down there, and I know that you're going to experience some of that this week. Uh, I saw that you guys had a conversation with Tom Ricketts about the budget. Where do, where do things stand with the, the Cubs' budget and, and the luxury tax? Yeah, I mean, they're going to be pushing up to the luxury tax. They're already – up against it, I, I want to say they're about approximately eight million away from the luxury tax, and and Ricketts was pretty clear that that was around where they're they're heading and and where they're going to be this year. Will they go over? Uh, I think that really depends on uh, how they're looking in the first few months and and you know what type of players they could add to help the team. If they're in contention, I think they're going to be willing to go above. Uh, is this a team that's going to look like the Padres, the Phillies, or Mets? No, I, I, you know, I, I don't think uh, Tom Ricketts has any intention of being above that limit, uh, above that uh, luxury tax line for years and years on end. Will they do it for a year or two, maybe three? Sure. Uh, but I, I don't think that's something that he, he intends to do uh, for years and years consecutively. He, he straight up said, you know, I'm not guaranteeing that we'll be a top five payroll team uh, every year. It's just not something uh, the Cubs will do. I don't think the Cubs are, are you know, run by like a bottom five ownership group or anything like that. But they're not the, you know, they're not the Mets. You're not going to get quotes like you see from uh, Steve Cohen or I think uh, Middleton with the Phillies had a great quote about how, you know, nobody remembers profits uh, for the 27 Yankees or the big red machine you know he's like if i'm if i'm known for the profits then <laughs> that, that i have for my baseball team then then that's not the legacy i want to i want to create you, you don't get those kind of quotes from tom ricketts but i don't think he's uh i also don't think he's uh, being cheap or anything here it's just kind of a, a middling team as far as payroll when, when you consider that it's one of the biggest markets and that that certainly has been something that i've found a, a little bit baffling just you know obviously coming out of covid you understand it to a certain extent here and they are beginning to spend money again but not every ownership group will have the same degree of wealth i do wonder though why why it seems like the cubs are are committed to to still finding a, a level of um i don't know a level of being a, a bit conservative financially in, in that regard why aren't they just throwing money at it in the same way that some other teams do is their financial model really that different well, the way it's presented to us is that every bit of money that that they get, they're they're putting towards the the baseball team, the team, the product on the field, right? But that's all 
uh, under the Cubs umbrella, right? There's there's other stuff going all around the the ballpark that the Ricketts family owns that isn't really under that that umbrella. So so technically, I think he's he's accurate when he says that all the money in this particular business is going towards the team but they've created other businesses all around that's the money that they're you know they wouldn't have that money coming in unless they own the cubs right they, they wouldn't be buying up uh the the rooftops all the restaurants around uh town right there they, they wouldn't have all that stuff coming in and that's making a ton of money as well so that's not going into the team and, and that's their that's their choice that's what they've decided uh, they're they're still spending at a high level. I believe they're currently ninth. I don't think Cubs fans. I think a lot of Cubs fans want that. Want them to be top five. I think that makes sense. They should be top five, but they're not right now. I think they will. Uh, I think we'll see soon. A couple years where they will be, but then they'll drop back down. I think the big thing is you don't want to see them drop down to fifteenth, eighteenth, something like that. Certainly not for multiple years in a row. And if they do. It's unacceptable if they're losing 90, 95 games. Ultimately, in the end, that's all that matters, right? One loss record is what Cubs fans want to want to focus on. And if they are a middling franchise when it comes to spending, they better have produced a ton of talent through the system and be winning a lot of games. Sahadev, I know this doesn't affect the, the Cubs nor the White Sox, but have you talked to anyone uh, around the game about how worried they are about this situation with Diamond Sports and Bally's? I don't think there's a significant concern. Uh, I, I think it's a, they, I haven't talked enough to people about it. Sure. But, you know, there, there's, uh, there doesn't seem to be a lot of worry there. It's, it doesn't seem – it's no concern with the Cubs. I think they're, they're fine. Uh, but I think ultimately, in the end, this may be just kind of taken over by – Major League Baseball in some fashion, and and it may work out in their favor. Uh, obviously, it's not going to work out in everyone's favor. There, there's going to be jobs lost and 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 some ramifications here. Uh, nobody wants that, but that's it. Seems like where it's headed. Uh, but I, I think baseball and the teams are going to be fine in the end, at least from their perspective. And it's probably worthwhile just to make sure some listeners understand here where the. The way that some of the, the struggles that certain Bally's sports regional sports networks are having, you have some folks who are broadcasters who are employees of the teams. You have others who are broadcasters with certain teams who are employees of the network itself. The Cubs are insulated from that because they've got their own network. They've got marquee. Right. And so they're in no jeopardy there. But throughout baseball, th- there is sort of a, a pot of money that all the teams end up putting into that will be a part of what ends up supporting the broadcast rights that, that come out of this bankruptcy. Is that how that will function to your knowledge? Yeah, that's my understanding. It's, it's pretty nuanced and I haven't, uh, I, I'm not well versed in every detail of it. I, I know that as far as the Cubs are concerned, they're, they're not worried about it and they, they should end up coming out fine from all this. Uh, but yeah, it's certainly something to keep an eye on. I uh, believe it's 14 teams are under that. Uh, Bally Sports uh, Network yes. uh, region there. So, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But I think baseball feels comfortable that they, as bad as the situation is for the Diamond Sports Group, they, they, they'll end up being okay. So how to reset things for us when it comes to the Cubs rotation and, and Kyle Hendricks and who's battling for that fifth spot? 
Right. So, I mean, we know we know the top four is kind of set. Stroman, Tyon, uh, Drew Smiley, and Justin Steele. And then Kyle Hendricks is, you know, I, he sounds really positive about how he's feeling. I believe, if I'm, I'm going off memory here, but I believe his first uh, session off the mound will be Friday. He, it'll be like a, I think he called it like a touch and feel type session. He's not going to be throwing all his pitches. It won't be, a, you know, like a 40-pitch session. Just see how he goes. But the shoulder's feeling great. He's building up. I think he's on a nice progression here, and, and that's nice to, to hear that because if he's ready by May or even June, I think the Cubs are set up really nicely with the depth that they have. I think the primary contenders, uh, David Ross basically told us, the primary contenders are uh, uh, Javier Assad, Adrian Sampson, and Hayden Wisniewski for that fifth spot. I think the last two guys that I mentioned are kind of the leaders in the clubhouse right now. Uh, my guess is, just to based off my Twitter feed, Cubs fans want Hayden Wisniewski, and I totally understand that. Uh, the guy was lights out uh, for whatever amount of time he was up in the big leagues. Really impressive. Uh, I think uh, Adrian Sampson may have a slight edge a veteran that really put in the work to completely change the way he was pitching on the mound. Uh, not a ton of swing and miss, not an electric arsenal by any means, but he got results. I think you just need to kind of see what, what if he can continue to build off a really strong season uh, around 104 innings, a low three ERA. I, I think, I think that just based on results, let's see what he can do. He's sitting 91, 93 already in camp. Uh, at this point, if he's actually added velocity, I'm curious to see what the results will be. Uh, but those those are the guys uh, right now. And and I, I think it's really interesting that think about, you know, uh, April or May, who was the exciting prospect? Uh, Caleb Killian, right? We're not even talking about him. Imagine two, three years ago talking about being in that situation. That would have been disastrous for the Cubs. And now it's like, oh, he's like their 10th starter. That's, it's, it's a really good situation that the Cubs have put themselves in a pretty short period of time when, I mean, it was they were a mess pitching-wise as far as development-wise, getting guys to change pitches, anything, whether it's veterans or prospects, they were not where they are right now. It's a, I would feel optimistic as a Cubs fan looking at that situation. I don't know that I think it's a – a bad thing necessarily, but I was surprised that Keegan Thompson and Albert Alzali were both already sort of slotted for the pen. Did that did that catch you off guard at all? Uh, you know, I, I kind of expected it with Albert. I'm a little. I was. I guess I was a little surprised that Ross, because I asked him straight up. So it was Keegan bullpen guy, and and he's like, yep, he knows that he's going to be in the bullpen. I think ultimately you go look at the numbers from Keegan, it was pretty stark, the differences between how he was starting and, and out of the bullpen. And he's just a tremendous weapon out of the bullpen. He's a guy you can he can handle just one inning if need be. If you just want to throw him out there for an inning every other day, he could do that. But, I mean, he can go up to four innings, strike out a ton of guys, uh, just really confident on the mound, really unleash everything. Uh, I, I just think it's he's a great – for today's game, what we see in today's game, the way pitchers are deployed – He's a really, really impressive weapon out of the bullpen. I, I think when you have guys like him and Alzali in the bullpen, it, it can really change things. I'm, I'm just really curious to see how it's going to play out because you have a deep starting rotation. You have all these guys you don't really know much about in the bullpen, and then these two guys and Alzali 
and Keegan that I think Ross kind of loves deploying them in, in unique fashions. And I shouldn't say unique. It's not unique in today's game anymore. You know, we see what the Rays do, the Dodgers do it. A lot of teams do this. But if, if your pitcher isn't going six, seven, eight innings, uh, having Keegan Thompson and Abbott also in the bullpen is going to make you, you know, really happy that you don't have to worry about having these horses at the front of your rotation. I think that the Cubs have a very interesting advantage with the rule change because they're basically rolling two shortstops into their middle infield. I'd, I'd love to know what Dansby Swanson and Nico Horner have said about working together and about the, the new shift rules. Yeah, honestly, uh, Dansby's been a little hard to find since the first day of camp when we talked to him. Uh, oh. but he's, uh, he's, he's out there working. He's just not as much in the clubhouse when we are. Uh, but he's, I, I, Nico seems thrilled to be working with them, uh, talking to the pitchers. They're really excited about it. I, I'm sure you saw the quote from Marcus Stroman that his sanker will be sanking. Uh, this season because he's excited to have those guys play behind him. And, and I mean, we talked about this rotation. All the guys that I named, uh, for the most part, they're not strikeout pitchers. They're, they they put the ball in play. So I think this is, I mean, it's it's the right rotation to, you know, focus on defense with. Uh, I, I don't, I can't see, a, like, these guys being uh, in the least bit uncomfortable with each other. Uh, Swanson did say when we talked to him one of the early days last week that, uh, you know, he, he kind of, he knows Nico is, is kind of like him in that he's just like a, he's a baseball rat. He, he loves to just put in the work and, and like kind of keep his head down and, and just go about his business. And, and uh, he's already built kind of a reputation. Nico Horner as as this guy that's just willing to do anything to win. And I think that's kind of what Dansby Swanson was in Atlanta, even when he was a youngster uh, that he, he had this, uh, I think they call him the sheriff out there and, you know, I I don't think he loves that nickname because he doesn't want to be someone policing the clubhouse. But he is someone that you know he'll just go around and and just do everything. You see him work, and it's like, oh, oh, this is how it's done here. We're we're gonna put in the work, and all that matters is the score at the end of the day. Sahadev, thank you so much for joining us, man. We really appreciate it. Here's hoping the weather gets better at the end of the week. <laughs> appreciate it. Take care. Thanks for having me. Sahadev Sharma of the Athletic. He's terrific. He, man, you talk about <laughs> voluminous. Yeah. The amount of yeah. stories he has put out there in the last week about the Cubs. Like, if you are a, a Cubs fan, you, you need to get that script on, on the athletic and check out what Sahadev is writing about your team. We appreciate his time for sure. You want to talk about the All Star weekend? Yeah. Yeah. We said, I'm, I'm real quick, I'm do you think. Does Nick Madrigal really have a chance of being the third baseman for the no. Cubs? Okay. No. Yeah, I, I didn't think so. I I don't even think he has a real chance of being a third baseman in Iowa. <laughs> I mean, I get it. You got to figure out a place for him to play because yeah. you 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 made the trade for him. But I think that they'll find that Cody Cody Hoyer is the guy that is the benefit of that trade that they made, not mm. Nick Madrigal who. I don't know why there are still so many people who believe in him, and I'm not sure what baseball they saw when he was playing on the south side. Good old Nicky Two Strikes. Yeah, but if if you if you if you saw if you saw <laughs> Nicky doing his thing for the White Sox, you know that he is um, 
He is not what the White Sox said he was going to be, which is very small on the the, the list of things they've gotten wrong, but not something that should be ignored, especially when you're talking about a number four overall draft pick. Um, We'll come back and we'll talk about the All-Star Weekend. I experienced it in a very strange way and probably the most modern way to experience it. I'll, I'll explain, and we'll talk about it next. It's Bernstein and Holmes, Big Ann Heron, sitting in for Dan. You're listening to The Score. Tomorrow, it's Layla Wednesday, where Layla Rahimi joins the Bernstein and Holmes show to unleash all her Chicago sports thoughts. How long are you going to keep this up? Crying for fouls, putting your game on the line, depending on calls that you're not getting. Layla Wednesday, tomorrow and every Wednesday with the Bernstein and Holmes show. Happy Layla Wednesday. On Sports Radio 670 The Score. Always live on the free Odyssey app. This segment is being brought to you by AreYouWinning.com. When you find yourself betting on sports constantly, spending too much time at the slots, losing money you can't afford to lose, are you really winning? We are here to help you because you are not alone. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit AreYouWinning.com. Second City Prime Steak and Seafood always ensures you are enjoying the highest quality meats from around the globe. When you check out SecondCityPrime.com, you'll see how owners Chris and Susie help you bring the chop house to your house. They're based right here in Chicago, but they source the best steaks from the best farms in the world. We're talking about the top 2% of prime beef, including the finest Wagyu beef from Japan and Australia, and the kind of dry-aged prime you cannot get in grocery stores or warehouse clubs or even at your local specialty butcher. And there's plenty more than steak, too. Real Spanish Iberico pork, Amish free-range chicken, South African cold water lobster, and more. The delivery and customer service is unmatched, with personal attention from the owners helping you put together a customized order for your family and for client and corporate gifts. When you want top-of-the-line steaks, the best of the best, Second City Prime Steak and Seafood always ensures you are enjoying the highest quality meats from around the globe. Visit secondcityprime.com. Hey, this is Chris Tannehill. Turn a loss into a win with BetMGM, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any NHL game. If all legs of the parlay hit but one, you'll get your stake back in bonus bets up to $25. Just log into your account or download the app and sign up with BetMGM to get started. Then opt into the one-game parlay insurance promotion. Place a one-game parlay wager with four legs or more on any NHL game. And if you miss only one leg of your wager, you'll receive up to $25 back in bonus bets. Turn game time into showtime with BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager, Illinois only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or text ILGAMB to 53342 in partnership with Paradise Hotel Casino. Paid for by Square Kilometer. Attention U.S. business owners. If you have five or more W-2 employees, you may be entitled to a tax refund of up to $26,000 per employee. SelectRefund.com helped Ron Barry of Barry Construction with 23 employees, and they received a refund of over $375,000. To check your company's eligibility to receive this government-approved program of up to $26,000 per employee, visit SelectRefund.com now. We have already secured millions of dollars for businesses just like yours. At SelectRefund.com, you will find out with no cost up front how much money your company can receive. Even if you got PPP money, you can still qualify. 
This is a payroll tax refund program approved by the United States Treasury Department for any business who kept employees on payroll during the pandemic. Best of all, these funds do not have to be paid back. Do not miss this opportunity to claim up to $26,000 per employee. Visit SelectRefund.com. SelectRefund.com. That's SelectRefund.com. Glenview Luxury Imports is your one-stop shop for pre-driven exotic, luxury, and high-performance vehicles. BMWs, Ferraris, Land Rovers, Porsches, and more. Get low finance rates and no payments till May on 900 vehicles in stock at Glenview Luxury Imports on Waukegan Road in Glenview. You're listening to Bernstein and Holmes, back in 60 seconds on The Score. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes. Man, Bernstein and Holmes, best show in radio. I love it, boys. Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score. Just simply the best. Thanks, Deck. We love it, too. Uh, the NBA All-Star Game and All-Star Weekend, which is probably the bigger issue, was this weekend. The The game was... Uh, the game was... It was not enjoyable. Let's put it that way. It you got to lower it your was, expectations. My expectations are pretty low <laughs> for the NBA All-Star Game. And it didn't even uh, beat those. Yeah, when you're talking about over-unders of, like... 390 or whatever um your expectations are pretty low the the dunk contest i i enjoy quite a bit which i'll get into in a second but this is from the tnt broadcast they're reacting to the skills competition from from friday night and this is kevin harlan and reggie miller and draymond green I, i'm just gonna the, this was a little, the shooting was a little disappointing very disappointing yeah. i mean in the nba today is all, that, all that's, that's, that's the game no you're right <laughs> And other than the five-point spot, these guys should have been locked in one through four. Absolutely. And they weren't. And they weren't. Yeah, this, this is disappointing. We can only hope the three-point shooting contest has a little bit better marksmanship Absolutely. than this. Well, Dame Dollar came up big and all that stuff. But you hear the disappointment uh, on, on the, 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 the voices of Kevin Harlan and Draymond and Reggie. Let me let you hear a perspective, and I know that Mike Rankin had brought this to our attention this morning, and he and Ray were like, yeah, I didn't really know that this is what happens All-Star Weekend. We'll let KC explain it to you. I do love All-Star Saturday night. I think that's pretty awesome. And here's the thing I would say. I'm a little bit in defense of the players here because they there are so many community service appearances over that weekend and so many sponsor events and Obviously, there are a lot of parties too. That by the time they get to Sunday, they're they're cooked, man. They're they're like done, you know. So, I don't know how you fix it if you want the event, the weekend, to be as much of an event as it is for the whole 
league and all the sponsors and the showcase and all that stuff because these players, I've been there, man, they just do not really have a free minute. They're getting pulled in a lot of different directions over the weekend. Okay. Now, yes, KC is right that there are charity events. There are also sponsored events. Mm-hmm. Let's not act like the NBA players are just doing community service. Just doing the Lord's work. Yeah, they're yeah. they're also with with Mercedes or the they're they're with Remy Martin or maybe mm. not in Utah, but you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, like let's, let's the Crown not Royal act, function in Utah yeah, unless it's brought from elsewhere. Yeah, like I don't want I don't want people to be like, oh well, they're building schools on on Friday <laughs> and Saturday, and that's why well, they're the tired Habitat on for Sunday. Humanity event, right? Yeah, yeah. they're also getting money. And it's one of the reasons that they love it. I, I And I don't begrudge them. Like, go get your money. I don't mm. know how you make any of this better. But I do like that you had a, a fringe NBA player who had already been a viral sensation because of his dunks invited to the dunk contest. I've been waiting for the non-NBA, like, guys that are out here making dunk videos all the time to make their way to the dunk contest. The stuff that Mac McClung did, and the reason why I loved it, like the last dunk for sure was great, he nailed all of his dunks on the first try. Yeah. There, there wasn't any wasted motion. Now, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it live. I was hanging out with friends. I had other stuff that was going on. But then I consumed it the next morning on Twitter. And and watching it, it was, it was kind of dope to see a French NBA player, also the smallest player mm-hmm. in the dunk contest, dominate the way that he did. And I, I got a real kick out of the way that the players reacted to it. I watched the condensed version of it. You know, I just went, I didn't watch it live either. I watched the condensed version of the dunk contest or the three point shootout and took it all in that way. And for. I think for for those of us who can kind of remember a time when when the stars were participating in those events, it is like you mentioned. You know, Damian Lillard was in the three point contest and he won it, so he's one of the stars of the game. And the three point contest has been able to to at least keep. You know, Steph has done it several times, won it multiple times. So you've been able to keep some of the the star marksmen of the sport in the three point contest because it, it just doesn't require the level of effort as the dunk contest and certainly as the game does. I do feel like the like the the reaction to it from from social media it is kind of a part of what has us kind of looking for these events to be adjusted you think to the the NFL the Pro Bowl there would still be millions of people tuning in to watch the Pro Bowl part of it because just folks can't get enough football but then also just to have the ability to like go on Twitter and hate on it also so we end up with the Pro Bowl skills challenge that kind of went on for the entire Pro Bowl week essentially before the Super Bowl but people were still tuned in checking it out, even though the product wasn't like the regular season product. But it shouldn't be like the regular season product. And so, you know, I think the fact that Steph was injured and didn't play in the All-Star game, uh, you know, Giannis is out there for literally the first basket of the All-Star game because his wrist is banged up. Then LeBron plays most of the first half, but then he injures his finger trying to block a shot. Like, he is hustling around. He hurts his finger, so he can't play in the second half of the game. So not having three of the biggest stars in the sport out there participating, I think that ends up adding to just the the feeling, like not only the product on the court, but then who are the most interesting 
figures out there, who are the guys who most of us are most likely to like tune in and look for on the court most readily, and they weren't out there as well. So I, I do think that those things factor into it also. We're accustomed to seeing that there's not going to be great defense being played in an all-star game. When you got maybe the three biggest stars in the sport, certainly three of the top four or five biggest stars in the sport that aren't out there because they're hurt, then that just adds to kind of a you know a dissipation of the feeling that something you know really that you can't miss is going on. That is Big Ed Heron. He is sitting in for Dan Bernstein. Coming up next, we are going to talk with our friend, Jarrett Payton. He's always great. You don't want to miss it. It's next here on The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 